like I said, today is going to be a little bit of a different gathering. Uh, we're going to uh, spend some time in prayer in a bit, and we're going to hear from our elders. Uh, but I want to set the stage for a moment before we move into that, okay? So, so for those who might not know, we are now in our eighth month since launch. Uh, here at Legacy City, eight months. Uh, we launched on December 31st of, of 2017. Uh, we, said, we said that we thought God was calling us to launch big in 2017. And so what we did was we waited until the very last day of 2017 and we launched with, I, I want to say it was like 129 uh, people in attendance that day, praise God. But uh, you, may not, you, you, you may not, you might not know unless you've been with us longer than that, the Legacy City Church was actually uh, kind of birthed in uh, the loft sort of bonus room at my house. If, you, if you've ever been to my house, you know what I'm talking about, but uh, I kind of have this like loft upstairs area that's virtually useless except for, uh, you know, hanging out with large groups of people. So, uh, so it was actually kind of birthed in my house and, and probably, um, I'd say probably like April uh, or May of, of 2017, right around that time, we had six people uh, praying and seeking God's direction and guidance. And then over the next Eight months from that moment until we launched, uh, from, for those next eight months, uh, we've had a team of guys that have diligently prayed over this church. All right, they've, they've, they've helped make de hard decisions for this church. They've offered much-needed wisdom and counsel to me and the other staff. Uh, these guys have stepped in to care for and disciple many of you here today, and some that aren't, aren't here today as well. They've, they've discipled, and they've cared for, and they've prayed for, and they've loved on, um, and they, they, they serve uh, this house most, almost every Sunday. Uh, they're, they're here sometimes serving in two or three positions because they value uh, the work that God is doing here. Um, at Legacy City, and so uh, they, they're bought in, they're invested in, in the vision, the direction of this church. They see the same thing I do. They see the writing on the wall of, of where God is going to move this faith community and how he is going to use it to accomplish some incredible things for the kingdom and for his glory, and we believe that. All right, we're believing that. And so although we have referred to them as elders over the last 8 to 16 months, technically, uh, it was a little bombshell for you, they've technically been, uh, according to our bylaws, serving as a leadership council. And so I know we've been using this idea of elders, and we've been talking about it and, and everything, and they've essentially been acting as it. And this is really more of a formality kind of thing that we're going to do today. It's no less important, but, uh, but, but really they've already been doing the stuff that we're talking about. Uh, it's just that according to our bylaws, we kind of thought from the very beginning that we may need a group of people that would just be really focused on, on, on the business aspect of church, the financial aspect of church, marketing and all that kind of stuff, and the legal side of things, the bylaws and, and all that good stuff. And then, and then later we're going to transition them into, uh, into more of a ministering role. But honestly, these guys are incredible, and they've already, they started ministering from day one. Uh, they started pouring into people day one. So today we will officially let them move the tassel over from leadership council to elder. They've graduated. They've, they've arrived. And so uh, what does that mean, the term elder? Some of you may have grown up in, in a church that had deacons. Uh, maybe some of your, your churches just had pastors. You didn't have like deacons or elders. You just had pastors. Some of you might have grown up in a tradition that has bishops or apostles or prophets or whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of different names that are being thrown out there. So whenever I say the word elder, you, you may not know what I'm talking about. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. And maybe when I say elder, you're just thinking of your grandpa because we were told when we were young to honor and respect our elders. And so the eldest person we knew was like our grandpa and our grandma. So uh, maybe when I say elder, that's probably what pops into your head. But in the New Testament, I think there are three terms 
to describe the same office of leadership here in the church. And I'm just going to say, I'm going to go kind of quickly through this because we have some stuff that we want to do. We want to spend some time on in, in prayer and, and doing some other things in a moment. So this is going to, well, Heather Mitchell, I'm going to try to shorten this and make this as concise as possible. But there are three uh, terms used to describe the same office of leadership in the church, each one from a slightly different perspective. Elder focuses on the character qualities of a man, all right, that he's a mature man of God. It says in 1 Timothy 3, 3 and uh, Titus 1, uh, both of these passages, which we're unfortunately not going to be able to get to today, both of these passages really make it clear that the main qualification for elders uh, is not that they have impressive spiritual gifts, rather it's that they be godly men. So there's nothing they do to, to get there in and of themselves other than relying on the Lord, trusting in the Lord, and exemplifying uh, that. So, so we see elder. There's another word that's used called overseer or, or bishop. Uh, and this is used interchangeably with elder. Uh, we see it in Acts and, and Titus. Um, this looks at the primary function of the office. All right, so this looks at the actual, the actual function of the office, uh, which is to look after the matters of the church. To, to be, to, to, to steward the church, right? And so uh, the third term, pastor, which means shepherd, looks at the function of the elder and overseer from the metaphor of the church as God's flock. It focuses on the task of providing leadership, care, feeding, and protection for all of God's people. And all throughout scripture, the words pastor and elder all throughout the New Testament are used interchangeably. They're, they're swapped in and out. So now from the very beginning, we believed in the need for a plurality, pr plurality of leadership. All right, even when there were just six of us sitting in, in, a, in a loft, praying and seeking God's face and trying to, trying to, trying to figure out what he was calling us to and trying to uh, understand the scope of what this was going to look like, we knew one thing, and, and that one thing was that Legacy City would always have a plurality of leadership. No one pers person would be the focus of this ministry. All right, no ministry, uh, no ministry should live or die by the personality uh, of a single man or woman. Yes, I might have been the one that God called to plant this church and cast the vision, but, but as I prayed early on, I saw all throughout the New Testament the need and the design behind having elders, other shepherds watching over the flock. When, when Paul left Titus in Crete, he wrote him a letter, and we call that, you know, the book of Titus. And so, so he, he left him uh, this letter and told him to get things in order at the church there and then install some elders. You see, Titus was a church planner, and he needed to install elders. So, so this has been our desire from the very beginning, to be a church led by a plurality of elders. We believe that this is the biblical model for church leadership, a team of men with differing roles and responsibilities, leading, shepherding, feeding, caring for the family of God, the local church. So uh, we just finished our summer series where we walked through the book of First Peter, and it was an incredible time. I hope that you had fun. I hope that you learned some things. I hope that God spoke to you uh, through that book because those were the best thing about walking through a book. Those are God's words. I, 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 have a, I don't have as much of an opportunity to mess it up because we're just reading the word of God together and walking through the scripture together. And so we had a great time doing that. But I told you last week, we finished it technically last week, but I left out a few verses and said we're going to come back to it this week. And we're Gonna, we're going to work through those uh, here in conjunction with our elder installation. So go ahead and open your Bibles if you have them, the First Peter 5. Um, the scripture is also going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, let me. Let me say this as you're doing that. We cannot cover, it's impossible, we cannot cover everything the Bible has to say about elders here today. We can't do it. Uh, we, we cannot even cover all the intricacies and inner workings that we have been that, that we have prayerfully designed and included in how our elders operate here at Legacy. 
But I hope in these next moments to at least share with you the importance of elders and what you can expect from them. What, how you can look to them. What, what their role is in, in your life and in the life of this church. I hope that that's our goal, that's our outcome as we work through this text for a few moments. So uh, we're going to read these four verses together, verses 1 through 4 of 1 Peter chapter 5, and then we'll kind of just walk uh, down them, and, and then we're going to move on to our installation portion. So, uh, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, uh, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, uh, but eagerly, not domineering those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. All right, so the first part of that, uh, he starts out, I exhort the elders among you. Again, the word elder can be translated as pastor, elder, overseer. They're all used interchangeably in the New Testament. Peter comes with an exhortation, not as above the leaders, right? Uh, not as over the leaders, but as a fellow elder. He doesn't just call him, he doesn't call himself the Pope, all right? He doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't say, I have absolute authority over the church. He's just a fellow elder. I mean, Peter, Peter is the man uh, to whom Jesus said, uh, you are the rock on which I will build my church. This man could have pulled rank, right? He could have said, all right, all of you leaders, I am over you, do what I say, but he doesn't do that. He just exhorts his fellow leaders, his fellow elders. You see, Peter has spent three years walking alongside Jesus, and I think he had picked some things up. We give Peter a hard time because of some things that happen in Scripture, uh, but I think he did pick some things up from Jesus. He walked alongside him for three years. He saw Jesus' style of leadership. Jesus was thoughtful. He was accommodating. He gave and equipped his disciples to do the same things he did, perform miracles, drive demons out, baptize people, heal people, Scripture says. They had the same power. He gave them that, them that, them that authority. He was also a humble servant leader. And it's with that in mind that he exhorts the elders spread throughout Asia Minor with this charge of leadership. So let's walk through these verses, and as we do, I, I think I see, I just wrote down like eight, uh, eight, eight different things as we walk through these uh, two or three verses uh, that we see that God, I believe, has, has called um, spiritual leaders to, to embody some characteristics uh, that God has given and, and expects out of spiritual leaders and what you can expect and see and, and how important Elders are, uh, I believe, to this church. So, uh, number one, and I don't, I don't think these are up there. If you want to write them down, you can. They're not very hard. Uh, but number one, spiritual leaders are under shepherds. All right, so in verse two, he says this. In verse two, he says, uh, shepherd the flock of God, right? But then also in verse four, it says that Jesus is the chief shepherd. So if Jesus is the chief shepherd and we're shepherding the flock of God, then that means we are under shepherds. We need to always remember that. This church is not ours. This is his church. This is his flock, his bride. We don't serve in our own authority. We serve at the behest of the Father. Right? And so, so that's what this is. So spiritual leadership is not something uh, that someone takes upon themselves. It's a, it's a privilege. It's a stewardship that God entrusts to men and women in overseeing the ministry of his flock. When serving God's people is no longer viewed as a privilege, I think that's where we, we make a lot of mistakes and we move into a bad area. Man has a tendency to corrupt spiritual leadership. And this is where so many people go wrong. This is where you see an abuse of power and where many leaders have fallen. 
And so we always want to remember that we are under shepherds. The second thing that we see as we read through this, uh, also in verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Spiritual leaders are sheep too. They're sheep too, okay? Uh, This is so important. We need to always remember that, that we are sheep alongside each other. Spiritual leadership doesn't, it doesn't place you over as much as it places you under. As an elder or a pastor, uh, we haven't arrived. We are people just, just like anyone else. We need to remember that so we stay humble, so that we, so that we always look to the cross, that we always look to God, that we always look to Jesus and, and try to look at his example. But also the church needs to remember that and, and also extend grace, I believe. I think they need to extend grace. We see a lot of times, um, here, here's the thing. Scripture says that teachers of the gospel will be, uh, will be judged uh, at a different level, in a higher regard, okay? Because, because we, we have a heavy task of, of taking the words of God and proclaiming them, proclaiming them to the masses. And that's a, that's a heavy burden. That's a, that's a large mantle to take on. But as such, we will be just. So here's the thing, though. We are still sheep. We're still people. Still make mistakes. Romans says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes me. That includes our elders. That includes our leadership. And and so so what I would implore you, church, is to extend grace to the leadership that God has placed over you. Extend grace when grace can be extended. Uh, so here's the, the next one, um, verse three, or sorry, still verse two. We're going to hang out in verse two for a few moments. I see here. Okay. Still in verse two. Um, we are, I believe spiritual leaders are servants. All right. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. I'm going to pull out of this servants because Jesus is our great shepherd, right? And he laid down his life for his sheep, which is us. This metaphor is found all over scripture. Uh, the shepherd does not just lead the flock, he serves the flock, and in doing so, he leads by example. Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve. This is why the Jews had such a hard time accepting him as the Messiah. They had such a hard time understanding this because they wanted Jesus to come back as a conquering king. Instead, he came back as a servant leader. All right, he came back as a servant leader, and I think that, that leaders in the church should be the greatest servants of all period. There's no other alternative. Honestly, if you're too big to serve, you're too small to lead. Okay, if serving, if serving is beyond you, then I think that leadership is beneath you. This is the way that Jesus taught. He imbued these ideas into his disciples, and they passed these ideas along to the early church. One thing will always be true, as I believe, I believe this at Legacy City, one thing will always be true, and that's if you're not a servant, then you cannot be a leader. Because nobody's going to just serve out of their own talents, giftings, or personalities. It says this in in John 13. This is one of the most powerful examples of Jesus' servant leadership, I think, in all of Scripture. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he had uh, come from God and was going back to God, he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, taking a towel, tied it around his waist, and then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel that was wrapped around him. This is the attitude to have. This, this is the king of all creation. Taking all of his clothes off, putting on a towel, getting on his hands and knees, and cleaning the feet of the men around him. 
using the same towel that's wrapped around him to dry them off. This is, this is incredible servant leadership. And church, let me say this because I don't know if some of you are checking out and thinking, well, I'm not an elder, so these things don't apply to me. Listen to me, church. We are all leaders in some way. Whether you're a leader at your job or you're a leader in your family or the, you're, the, you're the de facto leader uh, of your friend group or you get voted on as the team leader in a group project, you are a leader. Even if none of those things are true, even if you're not any of those things, if you're a Christian here today, you are leading people with your actions. Every single day of the week, you're being an example to those around you. We are all leaders, and we can all take some lessons, I think, from the elder playbook. Number four, spiritual leaders serve willingly. It says this, uh, you, we shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly. Spiritual leaders serve willingly. Have you ever had someone serve you uh, that clearly didn't want to, and it kind of just sullies the entire situation? Right? I was at Wendy's several months back, getting that delicious four for four with the double stack. Praise God. And um, I pull up to the window, or not the window, the, the ordering box, you know, the call box. I pull up and uh, I get, you know, sort of the, the, the trite thing that they always say at the beginning, would you like to try a Baconator with a Coca-Cola or something? And No, I'm good, but this is going to be two orders. Here's the thing. I've, I've had some bad drive through experiences, and much worse than this one. But this one will always stick in my brain because of what happened next. I said, no, uh, no thank you. I was polite. No thank you, but this is going to be two orders. And here's, here's what I got in response. <sighs> All right, go ahead. Like, that's, how, that's not an exaggeration. Everybody in the car heard it. That was an audible sigh. All right, here we go. Two orders. I got to hit an extra button. And so I knew in that moment, I knew that this person did not want to take my order. They did not want to serve me in this way. Uh, I knew exactly how she felt about giving me my delicious four for four with a double stack. I knew everything that was going on. It's a far cry from it's my pleasure over Chick-fil-A. That's for sure. <laughs> I still love Wendy's though. This is where many leaders falter, okay? Uh, they begin to serve unwillingly. Because they feel like they have to, or they're expected to, or they're guilted into it. Listen to me, church. If you're serving in an area of this church, or any other church for that matter, and you're feeling tired and burned out, please take a break. Don't keep serving with a grudge. You'll hurt people that way. You'll hurt yourself that way. You'll hurt your walk with God that way. you hurt the house of God that way. Serving the Lord should be a joy filled with hope and love and his spirit. I believe that. So, uh, we want to serve willingly. Uh, I think we're on like number five or so right now. Number five, uh, spiritual leaders serve honestly. Uh, so we're not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Serve honestly, not for shameful gain. In addition to being honest and trustworthy, a good leader makes sure that they do not allow themselves to be in a place where temptation for dishonesty would creep in. For us, we have uh, multiple eyes looking on our, our finances as a church, for example. We want to be clear that more than one person handles God's money here. And it's no secret. If you want to know something, you can get in touch with, with Brandon, uh, and he can fill you in. He'll give you all the, all the details, uh, not like what people get, you know, nothing crazy like that. But, but, I mean, he'll let you know where things are going and how things are doing. And 
um, he'll, he'll help you out with that. But we want to be open-handed and transparent about everything as a church because that, that makes me, that makes our staff and our elders better leaders. And ultimately, I think that glorifies God. All right, so, so not for shameful gain. We want to we serve honestly. Number six, spiritual leaders serve humbly. It says in verse three, not domineering over those in your charge. Not domineering over those in your charge. Please don't get into, that, into spiritual leadership because you want to boss people around. This is not the right place for that. I've met some people who just want the, the control and the power that ministry positions give them, but we are to serve humbly and empower others, I believe. Recognize where we are weak and then empower others to fill those gaps. A pastor that I follow out of Canada says that if a, if a pastor has to have his hands, if a, if a pastor has to have his hands in everything, then the church can only grow as far as he can reach. Right? And so, so we want to we wanna cast that vision to other people and empower other people to take on the mantle of leadership. This is why we need elders to help do the work of shepherding and teaching and stewarding so that Legacy City can grow far beyond the dream that God placed in my heart uh, last year, two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was. Number seven, we got to keep moving. Spiritual leaders are, uh, serve as stewards. Serve as stewards. Uh, it says, not domineering over those in your charge. Church, notice that, that those that serve are entrusted with the souls that they serve. All right, those that will officially accept this mantle are to be stewards of you, the people, the body of Christ. You are being entrusted into their leadership. You see, uh, these elders uh, will not be here just for me. I want you to know that. They're not my elders. We are your elders. Now, this might be a different approach than some of you have, have experienced in the past. This may be a little bit different than, than maybe you're, you're used to, but it's one that we find to be biblical. Again, I wish we could cover 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1 today because it gives us more insight into elder leadership. But these elders will be more than just figureheads or yes-men. They will be actively helping to guide and shepherd this flock and be good stewards of what and who God has brought to this church. Number eight, spiritual leaders are examples. Verse 3 says, uh, being examples to the flock. This is so important. I was making sure it was still behind me. Uh, <laughs> it's been a while. So uh, we, we, we're, we're to be examples to the flock. Okay, this is in the house of God among the leaders uh, and, and we ha uh, at any church, really, uh, we have to have godly men and women that we can see as examples of what the life of Christ is all about. Leaders aren't perfect by any stretch, but they are living in unity and fellowship with Jesus Christ, and it's evident that Jesus is in their life. That's the qualification. I said that. That's the, the biggest qualification. But because we're examples, that's why it's also so serious and so hurtful when a pastor, an elder, and overseer, overseer falls to sin. Yes, we are sheep, but we are also setting the example for others to follow. And when the chief shepherd appears, this is verse 4, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Now, that's some incentive right there, folks. Like, that's some incentive. I live for hearing Jesus say one day, well done, my good and faithful servant. But, but now we're going to add on this. We're talking about unfading crowns of glory. Come on, somebody. That sounds pretty dope. I want one of those. <laughs> I do have to wrap this up because I think we're, we're, we're cutting it on time here. So we, we got to wrap this up. But I wanted to go back to the very first verse we looked at as we'll go ahead and get our elders to come on up here for the next part. You guys can come on up and kind of find some space and stand, stand behind me here for a moment. 
Verse 1, I just want to go back to this for a second. As a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. We have certainly covered suffering uh, enough over the last few weeks walking through 1 Peter, but I want to point something out. Jesus suffered, and then there was glory. All right, he suffered for the cause. He suffered for his leadership. He suffered for his faithfulness. As an elder, let me exhort you for a moment. This is to you guys. As an elder, let, let me exhort you for a moment and also peel back the curtain for everyone else in here for just a second. As an elder, you are called to suffer for and suffer with the body of Christ. When possible, you take on the suffering for the body. Much like a parent would want to take on the pain of their child. You, you want to take that from the child. And you, if I could be the one in pain, I would. But when that can't happen, you have to be ready to suffer with that child. You have to be ready to stay up all night holding them until the pain goes away. I heard a pastor say it this way. There will be times where we might have to pray for really sick kids. Hold a dead child. Pray with grieving parents, grieving husbands, wives, children. There are times where we might have to comfort an abusive husband or protect abused wives. Have untold formal or informal counseling appointments with people who, uh, that are allowing sin to make a wreck of their lives. Get hammered by criticism. Fight with other church leaders. Pray the offering is enough to meet the bills and the list goes on and on. I just stopped right there. Th this, is, this is a little bit of some of the things that, that, that these elders will, will experience, have to deal with, get to deal with. We are committing to suffer with you, to come alongside you when the times are great and when they aren't. And we'll even have a time of prayer here in just a little while where we'll be able to lift each of you up in prayer as you might need. So we're going to move into the, the installation time, and I'm going to kind of get over here out of the way a little bit because i got some things to, to kind of read to you guys. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to transition this time now into our, our time of elder installation. We have these uh, five guys, and, and I, I would make number six as far as our elders go. Uh, just so you know, we have in our, our bylaws, we'll never have less than five. Uh, we, we always, again, plurality of leadership is important, is crucial, and so we'll never have less than five people, and we always want to have uh, more people who are not on staff than are on staff. So we're always going to have uh, a balance that tips its, its way that way in case you're, you're interested in that. So uh, I want to let these guys introduce themselves uh, for just a moment, uh, just like a, a minute uh, or so, and, and share a little bit. Just tell everybody who you are, uh, and then uh, I think I sent you guys something, uh, hopefully, you saw it. Um, we'll find out in a second. Uh, so, so kind of a, a little bit about uh, just kind of why you feel called uh, to be an elder and maybe maybe what this church, uh, I guess, has meant to you because this is the church that you're committing to serve. All right, so my name is Blake. Um, yeah, let's see. By the way, when you said you sent us a message, it was about two hours ago. So That's right. It's one of the other things that they have to deal with. Yeah. Getting late messages from <laughs> Robbie. So uh, I, we, and we were all kind of talking about it. It's kind of funny. We were, we, I was going to tease and say I was one of the first ten people here, so I mean, it, was, it was automatic. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, honestly, um, something even when we've been talking about all this, one one instance, one instance came to mind where we were. I don't know if you remember me. We've done this for eight months, but about nine months ago, we were all meeting. 
piece that already went for it. Um, and um, we all got together, um, met up in Monmouth, and Paul came in with me. And I really heard you say, you know, the money, you want to do this, this, how are you going to make this work? Um, and we talked about, I don't know, we talked for four hours about just the lines of it. Like, okay, we can't do this, we can't do this. And then we prayed. Um, and then there's a calming um, effect to that after we prayed that God was going to take care of everything. And here we are nine months later from that meeting, and I can see that clearly with all of you here. I mean, you're, you're what we pray for daily. Uh, you're what God has called us to minister to, to shepherd, and it's encouraging to see that <laughs> what we were scared about nine months ago has grown into this, grown into the kids in the hallway, you know, to see that each Sunday uh, has been encouraging and has shown me why uh, God called me to do this, because I absolutely love to see you people. I, I love you all. Um, and it's just an honor to be able to uh, see this church grow. This church has been, meant a lot. I've been here since the beginning, uh, since the first time we sat down and talked about it and chalked it up on a whiteboard. Uh, like, oh, what name we're going to do? I mean, there was all kind of things. You you don't think about what all has to be planned until you start doing it. And then you're like, the list goes on and on. But it has been a lot of work, uh, but it has been so rewarding just to be here today uh, for this. And so it has been really encouraging and uh, an honor to be, be an elder of this church. Uh, and just so now that you know who the elders are, if you didn't know, you know who you can come to uh, at any time. If you need anything that, you know, my, my cell phone's always on. Um, I'm always, I always suck at answering at first, but I'll get back to you probably within 30 minutes. <laughs> but if you, if you reach out to me, I promise you I'll get back to you. So. I am Eric. Um, okay, none of that. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, when, when Robbie texted us uh, all this morning, I was like, man, I got like an hour to think about all this, or maybe I think it was 30 minutes. Um, so, but I was just like, I, I, don't, I, have, I, I have nothing to say, like me. Um, but whenever Robbie asked, uh, asked us to do this, uh, I read 1 Peter 5. Um, is it 1 Peter 5? Yeah, mm -hmm. what we just read, sorry. Um, <laughs> And I was, just, I felt very uh, un, uh, unprepared or un, uh, I don't have, I, I'm like, I don't have the ability to be an elder. Like, I'm not, I'm not that person. And I kept reading over that and, and asking God, um, is this something that, that you want me to do? And it just kind of hit me with like, like a ton of bricks. It's not, it's not about me. Um, it, it's all about him and shepherding you guys, um, every person that comes into the store. Um, I love every single one of you, uh, even if I don't say hey to you or um, or if, if you see that I might be in a bad mood um, or my guitar breaks or something like that. Um, it's a struggle this morning. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm just honored that I can uh, pray for you um, individually, um, and and you can come just like Blake said. You can come to me, call me, text me, um, and I am open and and willing to uh, 
walk with you through life. Uh, we all have struggles, and I want to struggle along with you. Um, and I'm just I'm just glad that that I can I can be a part of that. Hi, my name is Juan. Um, I I haven't been quite from the very very beginning. I wasn't in the first meetings. Um, I took a time to pray. As you see, I am uh, the official elder <laughs> with Gray. Okay, uh, it's my picture on the stamp, you know. Uh, <laughs> And so it's been interesting. Uh, my life with Jesus has primarily been serving. That, was, that is where I felt gift, gifted. I have never fe felt gifted at, uh, at leading. But God has always put leadership roles in, uh, in front of me, almost like uh, those uh, bumps that you see at Lowe's to slow you down. <laughs> and so you you do you serve if you love the lord if you love jesus and he puts that then you uh it's real interesting uh i'll try not to do the sermon but in 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 everything he said he said do and then he said but don't do this as you do it do this but don't do this mm -hmm. and so it has been a joy it has been uh ah uh, it it's 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 kind of like uh kind of like a mission trip it is really uh we uh these guys are great to be with i i love the youth uh part of being here for me was that that i did i i want to uh i want to reach greenwood i uh i've been in foreign missions i've been i have i have served the lord a long time but i think greenwood needs to be served mm -hmm. and this church wants to serve greenwood mm -hmm. so um he put me here and I have a place uh, until he takes me. Um, and uh, it, I don't know, it's a natural love. So thank you. Hello, my name is Brandon. Uh, <laughs> so um, I just want to start and like, just say that my, my passion um, and what I think my, what God's called me to do is the local church. I love the local church, everything about the local church. What they do, I believe that um, it's the greatest, uh, the body of Christ is the greatest force on earth, right? And um, I think everything about this church really can be summed up in our mission statement, which is um, we are for God and his kingdom. We are for people in a city. And everything about that is, is what drives me um, and what I do every day. You know, I want to see this, this city changed. I want to see more people come to know Christ. I want to see more churches planted through this church and other churches. I strongly believe that Greenwood can't have enough churches, right? We don't have enough churches now to fit everyone in Greenwood into, right? So um, that's kind of why I am where I am today. And for some reason, God's called me to this particular place with these people, so <laughs> which is a pleasure. So. Just excited for the future. Yeah. Uh, my name's Adam. Uh, this church uh, really has been an answer for prayer for me and, and my family for about two years. Uh, we were quote unquote church shopping and going around, and we all love that. And uh, we were looking for a church really that was that was outreach minded. Um, we were a part of a church in Anderson for a long time that was outreach minded, and uh, we. Um, 
kind of stumbled upon this. You know, God orchestrated just somebody to talk and say that Robbie was starting a church. And, uh, you know, so me and Robbie met in Aromas for probably four hours one day. And uh, my wife, when I got home, asked if I was ordained when I got home because we were there for so long. <laughs> but, um, you know, but when I got home, I said, this is where we're going. And uh, we went to the Evans's house the next Sunday and that was it. It was all over. And, and we knew that this is where God wanted us to be. And uh, we were probably going for a couple of months and and Robbie called me one night, and you know when you get a phone call from the pastor, it's, God, what does he want now? And uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a pastor's kid, so I know how that goes. Um, but um, we talked for about 20 minutes. He talked to me about um, praying about being an elder and, um, you know, if I felt God wanted me to do or let me, lead me to do. And I prayed, me and Ashley talked about it and prayed about it, and I just felt that, uh, you know, this was something God was, was asking and calling me to do. And um it is a pleasure to serve you uh, as an elder and to serve alongside these guys. And uh, well, our meetings are a lot of fun. We also get a lot, of, get get work done, and we prayerfully consider um, decisions that have to be made um, to 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 really, in the end of the day, is to glorify Him, and to how can we best make decisions that uh, God's going to use this church to glorify Him. So uh, we just we don't we all don't take this lightly. I, and I know that goes without saying. Um, we appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate the opportunity to to get to know each and every one of you. If I don't, I get look forward to, to doing that. Awesome. And Adam was actually uh, the first, um, and so just just a, a tiny again. We don't have time to cover everything, but a tiny little bit about our selection process uh, is is that these these guys this this board uh, nominates and votes on their repla- on the replacements. Uh, and so, so Adam was actually the first one to be uh, nominated and voted on um, by by our board of elders. So, uh, so the rest of these guys actually, well, they were just the only ones there at the beginning. So, uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. But uh, the rest of these guys, we kind of it just kind of ca- happened organically, and then we were like, we should probably have some rules in place and figure out how to. <laughs> how to do this thing. And so we started, we, we shaped all that out and uh, they, they obviously had a, a large part in that. Uh, probably, probably, most of them probably larger than myself. So um, so here, here's what I wanna do. I kinda have like a little, th- an exhortation I'm gonna share with you. Uh, and then I'm gonna ask you a, a series of questions and, uh, and then we're gonna, we're gonna pray for you here this morning. So uh, brothers, we have recognized the gifting and calling of God on your life and have confirmed our trust in you by affirming your calling and character as elders. An elder in Jesus' church is called to be one with the apostles in proclaiming the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus and to testify to his sovereignty. He is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. You are called to guard the faith, the unity, the theology, and the discipline of the church, uh, to celebrate and provide for the sacraments of the new covenant, the uh, baptism and communion, uh, to participate in the training and ordination of other elders and pastors, and to be, all, uh, to be in all things a faithful shepherd and a wholesome example for the entire flock of Christ. With your fellow elders, you will share in the leadership of Legacy City Church. Your heritage is the faith of the patriarchs, the prophets, the apostles, the martyrs, and those of every generation who have looked to God in hope. Your joy will be to follow Jesus, who came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I'm going to give you a few questions, and and after each one uh, that you agree with, just say yes or or I will or whatever whatever makes sense there. So uh, are you persuaded that God has called you to the office of elder? Are you persuaded that you meet the biblical qualifications of an elder as outlined in 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1? 
Will you accept this call and accept this role in obedience to Jesus? Will you be faithful in prayer and the study of the Bible and the pursuit of God that you may have the mind of Christ? Will you sacrificially love and faithfully care for your family before the church, realizing that God has called you first to be a Christian, then a husband, then a father, and only after that an elder? Will you boldly proclaim the gospel and demonstrate the kingdom enlightening uh, and, and boldly <clears throat> will you boldly proclaim the gospel and demonstrate the kingdom, enlightening the minds and stirring up the hearts of your people to love and follow Jesus more fully? As an elder, will you encourage and support all the partners? That's what we call our members here. Uh, will you support all the partners of Legacy City Church and their gifts and ministries, nourish them from the riches of God's grace, pray for them without ceasing, and celebrate with them the sacraments of our redemption? Will you guard the faith, unity, theology, and discipline of Legacy City Church? Will you share with your fellow elders and the leadership of the whole church, and will you fight for unity and brotherly love among the elders? Will you guide, strengthen, and encourage the elders, staff, and all others who serve at Legacy City Church? And finally, will you be merciful to all, show compassion to the poor and the strangers, and defend those who have no helper? Through these promises you have made today before God and before these people, in addition to the elder partnership covenant you've already signed, you are committing yourself to serve Legacy City in the office of elder. We therefore call upon you, uh, chosen to be a guardian of the church's faith, to lead us in confessing that faith. Legacy City, do you receive these men as elders of Legacy City Church? Yes. Hebrews 13, 17 through 18 says, Obey your leaders. This is to, to you, church. Uh, submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. That's to Jesus. Let them, again, that's you, church, do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. That's, that's you, church. Pray for us, as, as obviously we'll be praying for you, but pray for us, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. Church, I got one question for you. Church, do you promise to be submissive to each of these men as elders insofar as he is true to God's word in teaching and in character, and as he works in union with your other leaders and to pray for them? All right, so here's what we're going to do. Uh, they're going to move to the middle section. Uh, we're going to have you guys just kind of move over there toward the communion tables. Again, told you this is going to be kind of a different kind of service. We wanted to, uh, this, I think this is a big deal. This is important. It's not just something that needs to happen behind closed doors. Oh, we just selected a few people, and now they're the ones. We want to do this publicly. I uh, want to recognize these guys publicly. We want to pray for these guys publicly. So uh, if you would, uh, what we're going to do is just spend a moment praying over them. We were going to have elder-led prayer, too, but I think, like, we were going to, like, flip the script. Like, you pray for them, and then they'll pray for you, and that sounded really cool. But we're running out of time. So we're going to pray for them, and then we're going to do the other things that we we're going to do today, and then they're going to do elder-led prayer in another week or two, probably. Uh, they'll come back. So um, I'll, I want you to know this. Uh, as, as they're staying there, uh, guys, I need you to understand, and church also to understand, that, uh, that we're not making you elders with what we just did. All right, God, uh, in, in, in Acts 20, 28, says that God has already made you elders, if that's what he's called you to be. All right, we're not making you elders. We're just affirming uh, that, that calling, and we're stalling you as elders of Legacy City Church. So here's what I would love for you to do, church, uh, in these moments is, is we've had several, several times of elder-led prayer, and these guys have prayed over you uh, both publicly and privately in our elders' meetings and uh, hopefully in their, in their own homes and in their own times. Uh, but we want to just have a moment to pray over them before we move on with the rest of what, what we're going to do today and what God's going to do today. So uh, if you're sitting near them, uh, you can stay seated if you want and just kind of reach your hand. If you want to come and get around them, uh, I think there's something very powerful about 
about the, the idea of laying hands on somebody, the idea of, of actually physically just, just touching and saying, uh, you know, I'm connecting with this person, and, 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 and as I'm praying, I'm, I'm praying that, that God would move through my prayer through me and to this person. And so uh, if you would like to move and come down and kind of just surround them and put your, put your hand on their shoulder or touch a person who's touching them, and family, if you want to kind of get around them and, and do that kind of thing, uh, we invite you to go ahead and move now. Uh, we'll give you just a, a few minutes. You can pray aloud. You can pray silently. You can uh, do whatever you want, but pray over these guys. The names are again on the screen. If you don't know them, that's okay. Uh, look at the screen and lift up their names specifically, and then um, and then I'll close us out in prayer, and we're going to worship again, and I think we're going to head out and have some baptisms in a moment. So go ahead and surround them and cover them in prayer this morning. to Legacy City Church. We thank you for their hearts. We thank you for, um, for, for, for God, what you've done in their lives. We thank you for their salvation. Uh, we thank you for their ministries. We thank you for their families. And God, we just pray right now, we ask you right now in these moments, God, that you would uh, just encourage them, that you would strengthen them, that you would embolden them. God, that they would be able to move forward from this moment as elders of Legacy City Church. They would be, be able to move on from this moment uh, just accepting your peace, your mercy, your grace, uh, all that you have to offer, God. And they would be ready and willing to share that with each and every person that they come in contact with, God. That they would, uh, that they would take this, this role seriously. That they, would, um, that they would pray for this congregation without ceasing, God. That they would always seek ways uh, to further your name, your glory, your gospel here in this community and outside this community. Uh, Father, we are just so excited for who you've brought uh, to come and to be into leadership at this church. We are uh, blessed to have uh, guys of this caliber, leaders of this caliber that are willing to submit to you and serve these people. So thank you so much for them. I pray for their families, uh, as sometimes being an elder, being a, a shepherd will come with uh, time constraints that will, that will uh, mess with the family dynamic. Sometimes I pray that, uh, God, that you will give their families an extra measure of, um, of patience whenever it comes to that, God, that they would be able to understand uh, that, that there are times, there are seasons uh, when their time will be demanded, but, but also that they will be careful uh, to, to make sure that they are also putting uh, their, their walk with you and their families uh, first. God, we are just so uh, humbled and thankful for what you've done over the last eight months, for what you've done in this place, what you're going to continue to do in Greenwood and beyond. It's in Jesus' name I pray.